I have been fortunate uh, over the last 20 years to move around the country, uh, first because of my husband's ministry and latterly because of both of our ministries. So you may uh, appreciate that we have experienced uh, a variety of contexts from semi-rural to seaside town to urban and now city. Semi-rural is very different to city. For example, in Cheshire, in the village where we lived, the post office was situated in the chemist. Because everything is on a much smaller scale. And so it took some getting used to. I noticed that the butchers not only displayed the name of the farm where they purchased their meat, but they could give you the name of the farmer. And as for the local RSPCA, well, it was so small, you couldn't swing a cat in there. So each time I move areas, I ask and prayerfully explore, what does it mean to be a deacon in this place. Indeed, the church needs to ask and prayerfully explore what does it mean to be church in this place. The church is responding with different ministries to tackle the various needs of our neighbours. And I am aware this morning that I am only speaking about one of them, our ministry to the homeless. But it is one of the ministries this church is committed to on a number of levels. From providing volunteers, we've seen some of them this morning, to donating items and monies, we need those things. And very importantly, your prayer support and encouragement, which you have agreed to do in the affirmation of our night shelter visit, uh, hosts this morning. So why do we do what we do? Well, let's tackle this back to front, shall we? Let's begin with what we do and then move into why we do it. Now, I don't want to overwhelm you with statistics because there are plenty of them out there, but some knowledge is both enlightening and helpful. And in a BBC article earlier this year titled Rough Sleeping Rises at Appalling Rate, charity says as figures show a 16% rise. That charity is the homelessness charity crisis. The homelessness figures for 2015 and 2016 quoted in that report reveal not only that homelessness is across this country, but surprisingly, at the top of the list in the main areas affected, at the top of that list by quite some way is the borough of Westminster. Our first image on the film that we saw earlier showed that approximately 8,000 people slept rough on the streets of London. That's just London last year. But you know, the truth of the matter is that we really don't know how many homeless people there are. Because the hidden homeless do not show up 
in the official figures. There are thousands of young people, and by young I mean 16 to 25, who have no home and are left moving from couch to couch just to stay off the streets. They're called the sofa surfing generation. And Channel 4 reported that sofa serving is a phenomenon that has grown largely unnoticed. And you can understand why homeless people will try and stay off the streets and perhaps use the couch of a friend. Because sleeping rough isn't good for you. That won't surprise you. It isn't good for you on a number of levels. Your life uh, expectancy will decrease significantly. You don't eat properly. You are 13 times more likely to be a victim of violence. And much of that is from the general public. We could talk about statistics for hours. But what we've just heard is sufficient for us to appreciate that this is a serious problem. So let's flip it over a bit and let me tell you a little bit about what is being done by West London Mission through West London Day Centre and the Winter Night Shelter that we are involved in. Because between 2016 and 2017, West London Mission supported 246 homeless people to move off the streets, into housing, and onto a new and better chapter of their lives. Now, the causes of homelessness are varied, and I think, sadly, there is a stigma attached to homelessness. And certainly in the conversations that I have with our guests, there are very genuine stories out there. And actually, homelessness for each of us is, very quite, is quite close, actually. It could happen to any of us. The causes of homelessness may be mental health difficulties, a relationship breakdown, the relationship's broken up, you get kicked out of the house. It may be bereavement. And other reasons include debt, addiction, physical illness, unemployment. And of course, increasingly, people are simply unable to afford accommodation in London. And so every day, every day, 80 to 100 people use West London Day Centre in Marylebone at Seymour Place. Each person receives an individual assessment and the team work with them to support them as fully as possible. They offer those simple things in life, that hot meal, a shower, some of those things that we have every single day. But assisting a homeless person to get accommodation and a job, it takes time, of course. And so the night shelter team provide shelter, hospitality, safety and welcome while all of this is taking place. And Westminster Church's winter night shelter provide homeless guests this hospitality every night and morning for eight months of the year. 
Every night and morning for eight months, we provide hospitality for 15 guests. Methodist Central Hall is responsible for Friday nights and Saturday mornings for three months from October to December. I'm always delighted we have such a good group here because I do say to them most Fridays, I'm so glad you're here instead of being out on the RAS. I'm really glad that you're here to help. And people come at an unearthly time of the morning. I've never done the breakfast shift. Apparently, one of the things I learned on my sleep out is there are more than two, uh, there is more than one half past six in the day. Apparently, there's one in the morning as well. Uh, it's kind of passed me by. Uh, I'm well aware of the one at half six in the evening, but apparently there's one in the morning as well. And that is what time, uh, well, they come in much earlier than that, our breakfast team, to come and serve breakfast to our guests. You will have seen the film last year, which presented a brief overview of what our uh, night shelter uh, hosts do. It's still on the church website if you want to see it again. And it will be joined by the new one of My Sleep Out a few weeks ago. So eight months of the year, we provide this hospitality. This is a great partnership because the hospitality is shared between 13 churches, a synagogue, and this year we have been joined by a mosque. And I personally think that that is fabulous because this is not simply an interdenominational ministry. This is an interfaith ministry. And you will have seen on the uh, film that we saw uh, earlier, you know, there's a big picture of a lot of people who are involved in this. The guests, the homeless guests, we call them guests. That's important. They arrive at 7 o'clock in the evening, but they need to leave at 8 in the morning after breakfast. So if you do the maths... They basically, when they leave each venue, have 11 hours to kill every single day with nowhere to go. Where do you go? I asked somebody that one day. Some go to the library. One lady last year told me that she sits in A&E all day. That's no life, is it? Where's the dignity in that? Where is life in all its fullness there? So let's move on to why we do what we do. We don't get involved just because we're nice people. We are nice people. Well, you're nice people anyway. It's not just because we're nice people. We're motivated by our Christian faith by the need to love our neighbour as ourself. We do it in response to the love that we have received from Jesus Christ. That is why we do it. And critics of the help we provide may say that we are merely dealing with the symptoms of homelessness and that there is a bigger story here, the cause, and that cannot be ignored and needs to be dealt with. And I fully understand and agree with those comments. The need for affordable housing is one issue. And it's one issue that churches are getting involved with and have been involved with. I read recently 
church members can often see the effect of homelessness as they walk to and from their place of worship each week. So chances are you've seen somebody sleeping out today on your way here. But how often do we take the time to reflect theologically on this subject? Looking to see what God says on the matter. Is God's vision of society one where people are cared and provided for? Where there is a sense of human worth and dignity? Well, I believe it is. And the church has an important voice in the campaign for justice. The passage that we heard from John's Gospel has been called the commission of Christ. This is not only a commission to the disciples, this is a commission to the church. We know also that there is a commission at the end of Matthew's gospel, which is more specific. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. In John's gospel, Jesus says quite simply, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. It's succinct. And when I read that, I see the vision of a blank canvas because our context needs to inform what we do when we are sent out. As the Father sent me, I am sending you is succinct, but it doesn't excuse us from pausing to unpack a short but very powerful sentence. Who is doing the sending here? Well, it's Jesus, okay? We know that. It's Jesus. But who is Jesus? In the first chapter of his gospel, John introduces Jesus as the Word. He was with God from the beginning. He is full of grace and truth. The Word has become incarnate as we might say, from the very heart of God. He knows all that God knows. So that is the authority of the one who is sending us. So where and to whom is Jesus sending us? We are to follow the pattern of that incarnation, of the word becoming flesh, to be with people where they are and how they are. And what are we being sent to do? Jesus had come with a message and now he was going back to his father the message was now being delivered into the hands of the church. The church was 
is to speak for Jesus and to do his work. The church needs to take his story out into the world. And if God is active in the world, and he is, that means we are not commissioned to do this on our own. And when I hear that, I pause and take a huge sigh of relief. We are not called to do this on our own. So the one who has a message needs to send somebody out with that message. And we are those people. We very often get the simplest tasks wrong. And that's why I'm very grateful that we worship a loving and a merciful God. It's been my experience that churches have almost said, we've got this great mission idea. Lord, do you fancy giving us a hand with this? We get it the wrong way round. And it's good for us to pause and listen to the messenger and the message that he gives to us before we take it out. And so I want to encourage you today in your service and as a Christian how you respond to social justice. We have a powerful voice. I'm grateful to our night shelter volunteers. But you may want to lobby your MPs. We have a joint public issues team in Methodism who are very passionate about social justice. Our previous vice president of conference has a heart for justice. And so I challenge you today to join your voices to make this a world that is fair for all to live in. We have a message. You are the messenger. Embrace it and serve God. Amen. We sing together our final hymn. And our first line says something.